Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylics and mediums, core watercolors, and Williamsburg oil paints in New Berlin, New York. An employee-owned company, Golden is dedicated to making the best paints that artists can use in their studios. I've been painting with Golden for over 23 years, and I swear by it. Check out their paints at your local art store or at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. They make amazing coffee and ship their beans to your doorstep so you can have incredible coffee at home. I'm an avid coffee drinker, and I love the coffee that I get from Fulcrum through their subscription service. There's always new coffee to try, and it's always top quality. Check out their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com and add the code ALFREDSTUDIO to your order, and you'll get 20% off. That's a pretty great deal. Fulcrumcoffee.com Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists to join Spring 2023 evening and weekend classes and select master classes, which are offered in person in Manhattan and virtually throughout the world. Part-time classes in drawing, painting, and sculpture meet once a week during the spring and fall semesters and are an ideal way for artists of all levels to experience the school's learning through making pedagogy work with its dedicated instructors, and join the expansive New York Studio Schools community. Classes begin the week of January 30th. Enroll today at nyss.org. Madeline Biocchi received her BFA in studio art from the Plattsburgh State University of New York and earned an MFA in painting at the Boston University. Her recent solo exhibitions include Death Motel at New Child Gallery in Antwerp, Nine Lives at Steve Turner in Los Angeles, Long Summer at Huxley Parlor in London, and she's exhibited in group shows at Max Heltzer, Alexander Berggren, Berkshire Botanic Gardens, CICA in Vancouver, and Dinner Gallery. Madeline was the artist in residence at Northwestern Oklahoma State University in 2018 and was awarded the John Walker MFA Painting and Sculpture Award in 2016. Her work has been included in the Brooklyn Rail, the Boston Globe, and New American Paintings. She lives and works in Brooklyn, New York. Madeline and I talk about being in the city and in the woods, growing up a triplet, painting the landscape, Donna Summer, and much more. Here's our conversation. About your work this morning, and I was like, and I was reading a little bit about you know this idea of the depopulated. I mean, you do figure some figures, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of just landscapes. And I feel like before I started painting any portraits or people at all, the you know you would always read like depopulated landscapes or post-human you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that feeling of but i feel like they're about people it's just you're you're the the person viewing the landscape it's about the intimacy of like 
nature like you're having that dialogue in a way yeah if that's safe to assume but yeah i um there's a lot like a lot of the science fiction that i read sometimes is like the post-apocalyptic landscape where um jeff vandermeer did the the x area x trilogy and it was all these like lurid um depictions of landscape when there's like three people involved and so it's like a sort of like landscape horror or like climate horror um that doesn't really involve people that much or it's like very psychological or something yeah i think it's even scarier when like i remember watching war of the worlds and feeling like being kind of creeped out by that movie i don't Mm -hmm. know something about it was just creepy but then i get even more kind of creeped out by the i am legends or like the happening or like movies where there's only a few people left or there's not a lot of people around yeah and there's just like just sort of the last people on earth that's that's even scarier for some reason yeah well it's also like you're like well what's the point (laughs) (laughs) exactly i feel like i'm such a pack animal so i'm like well if if nobody else is around it's time for me to go (laughs) Um, you know it's so funny that that idea because um on Wednesday, I teach in Pennsylvania Tuesday through Thursday, mm-hmm. and on Wednesday there was a snow day because it snowed a lot on campus, so it was shut down. Mm-hmm. So I went to my studio, which is on campus, and there was no one. I mean, it was empty. There were like two, I saw two people the entire day, and I was sitting there in my studio thinking like, if there were no people, what would painting be like? Because I know I'd still do it, but it would be weird. It would be weird, <laughs> you know? yeah. I think, yeah, because the point... Uh, or for me, the point of the painting is to communicate to somebody else. So, right. yeah, what would I do? I'd That's probably exactly just what like, I was thinking. <laughs> and maybe I would quit. Maybe I'd be like, <laughs> just go try and find some animals to communicate with. Or like, right? uh, yeah, just get really into microbiology or something and be like, look at all the bacteria. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're my friends now. But there is a certain percentage of it that is the love of doing it Mm -hmm. but to your point it's like you love to do it but then if there's no one to communicate because it is communication yeah like it would be so weird but i would still like wake up some days and be like well i you know that it's like riding a bike you know like it's a habitual thing where i just love to make work but it would be so odd. Well, fortunately, yeah. right now we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's like when you've been in the studio for a long time and then you find yourself talking to yourself, and it, like I don't say anything that that like interesting or I'm like oh, I just like comment and then I'm like who is that for? <laughs> so so maybe the that's the way it would the be studio. like painting would be like you find yourself painting again and you're like why? But I am doing it. <laughs> right, it's like talking to yourself. I feel like there was a movie where there was someone by themselves and they started doing weird things like that where you just start to, oh, well, there's the Tom Hanks volleyball thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I haven't seen that movie, but I have heard about the volleyball. Um, Yeah, the castaway where he, you know, he has no one to talk to, so he just paints the face on the ball. I mean, it's, I guess it's human nature. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I did read a little bit about um, the group of work that you showed. Was it in Belgium? Maybe, but it was about, it was born out of the pandemic. And I guess in the pandemic, we were kind of, kind of doing that to an extent. I mean, we had social media and we had the internet, but we were all kind of in our own bubble for a while. Yeah. 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 It was, um, such an insular time. And, and I also like 
in the pandemic, I went up to the Adirondacks for a summer. Um, but then I also got Lyme disease. So I was just like painting and then sleeping um, and just totally exhausted. And it was this, and very, I mean, I was with my partner, but but more or less isolated. Um, yeah, and it was a lonely time. But then it was, but there was so much life around, like we had a loon who was raising two chicks and then there was eagles um, sitting in the trees watching, trying to like, um, you know, trying to eat the chicks. And then there was all kinds of like dramatic battles on some shoals <laughs> and, you know, it, it became right. its own like soap opera without people. It's like um, National Geographic in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. And like well, one, one nice, day it's like space. we couldn't see the loon chicks and then one of them we saw one of them and so at least one of them survived and it was like oh yay oh. <laughs> it's like a movie yeah it was. well yeah that'll keep you busy yeah right? but that's nice that you had that space i mean you know i was stuck in the city which you know i just look outside where there's normally like people walking and it was just like dead you know it was yeah, weird it was but then there's people legend. all around <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. But you know, there's people around and every once in a while the Amazon people would drop something or like, you know, fresh direct or whatever it was, wherever you could get something delivered would stop by. But yeah, being out in nature, I always thought that must be so nice, but then creepy in a different way, I guess. You'd yeah. really feel secluded. Yeah, it was, it was nice, but it was also like sort of Trump country and, um, uh, yeah, we were like, do we tell the neighbors that we're a gay couple? Like, I don't know. And right. it, it, yeah, it was very like, strange. I was like, this is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how yeah. far were you in the deep woods? So yeah, it's like um, 40 minutes of dirt road. Um, there's like, there's no, uh, it's like there's a, it's a landing and there's a, a restaurant and that's it. So like, how did you get stuff? I mean, you drive, are you getting deliveries? Uh, we drove, um, I had a car, so we drove like, I think it's like an hour to get to the grocery store. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It that was, must have been it was stressful. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the restaurant, you can always like hop over and be like, do you have lasagna noodles? Um, but that's, or, uh, yeah, we found some beagles and so we had, to, we took them to the restaurant and we were like, do you know what to do with these beagles? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, uh, so how long were you out? out of the city I think I was well I'd moved out of the city I was up upstate teaching at my alma mater um for the f spring 2020 and so I was already out of the wait, city wait is that BU oh no oh, wait that's Plattsburgh. where you went to undergrad Plattsburgh, Plattsburgh I don't yeah. know anything about Plattsburgh I was uh, uh yeah liberal arts state school um nice close to the mountains um yeah so I was up there teaching some drawing classes and then after that um, I spent the summer in the Adirondacks. So I think I left end of September um, got and it. got back to the city. Well, you spent some time, some good time out of the city. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to take yeah, a break from the city good. once in a while. Yeah, my credit card yeah. bill was like $400. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like just groceries, not much to spend nothing on. to spend right. on. <laughs> so wait, did yeah. you get, I don't know if you don't want to get into it from, you know, post-traumatic, but I mean, did you get Lyme disease while you were in the wood, like out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, is it rough? I don't know that much about, I mean, only the stories of, you know, yeah. I got this thing and it was not fun. And then. Yeah, it was like, 
it was an annoying itchy rash on my ankle and then eventually it was an it looked weird enough that I went to the you know drove to the hospital mm-hmm. um but that didn't go away no yeah it didn't go away and it just got worse um yeah. but then you know once I got antibiotics and the rash faded and it was fine um but you have a lot of like extra um symptoms afterwards like chronic Lyme disease syndrome or something um so it was just like a lot of fatigue um uh sort of dizziness whenever you're outside in the sun so I had to Mm -hmm. kind of hold up in the uh house um yeah and then I I was there's like a lot of other health problems resulted after that after the antibiotics and um because they really try and uh the antibiotics like are really hard on your system um so so it took a long time to recover and um yeah i didn't have a lot of energy for a long time um but now i'm back (laughs) well geez isolating from covid and that's kind of covidy in a way yeah you get these long-term like fatigue and being out of it it sounds similar to some covid like well i guess is lyme disease like affect you neurologically because that's covid that's what covid does it's like a neurological effect I, I don't really know the sign. I think it's like it attacks your joints and stuff. Okay. Um, and maybe it's in your spine or something. But yeah, it was funny. I was like, I thought that you could only get COVID in, during COVID time. Like, and now I have this right, other thing. Right, that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. then if you have to go in for it, everyone, I don't know how you were feeling about it, but everyone's so freaked out about going into a hospital because you were like, yeah. oh, well, this is like, you know, ground zero for this stuff. And, yeah, yeah. it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what did you grow up around? It? I don't. I, I apologize. I don't know where you grew up. Oh, I grew up in Ithaca. Um, okay. But we had this. So you're New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Upstate New Yorker. Right. Um, that counts. Yeah, it's New yeah. York. <laughs> <laughs> My partner, who's she spent so much time in the city, um, she was like, "So where? Yeah, no, how do we get to your?" your cabin I was like oh it's like it's like seven or eight hours drive and she's like what and it's still New York and I was like three other states yeah it is it's It's a a really big state um yeah I grew up on a farm in Ithaca so okay so you're you're well versed with nature yeah I we yeah had a blast growing up um we had horses and had a llama and so a lot of of animals that's cool wait so we did you have brothers and sisters oh yeah um i'm a triplet so i have two whoa two identical sisters that's amazing (laughs) triplet yeah we have a in my family on my dad's side there is a twin gene like my dad's a twin Mm -hmm. and then my mom had twins in between me and my brother but they didn't make it and I just, whenever I had a kid, I was really nervous. You're I was like, like, am I getting gonna, two here? It's going to be two. <laughs> two crying baby. But man, three, that's amazing. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was more than my parents bargained for. Um, but they, they, yeah, they just turned our house into a little like baby factory. Um. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had the space. Yeah. I mean, imagine triplets in like a Brooklyn apartment. Oh Good no. God. Yeah. I think you'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> you'd move it out. You'd have to relocate. That's it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just um, was it so? And, oh. right. 
Where so you guys were identical too? Yeah, no? identical. Um, wow. So What's that? I mean, I, how do you know anything else? But <laughs> is it? You know, the yeah. enter the annoying twin questions, or you know, do you have like you know psychic energy? Do you guys connect? And do you are you all creative or whatever? But yeah. how's the sister life? <laughs> um, it was really yeah. It's it's been really fun growing up. We had a lot of fun. Um, it was hard like you know when we were home and we were all together it's really fun to have people who want to do exactly what you want to do so you're like let's you know let's build vietnam or let's do and everyone's like yeah i'm down um but you know in school it was harder because people didn't always know which one they were talking to and wouldn't always try to um (laughs) it's like public service announcement like always make sure you know which twin you're talking to right um so that yeah that was hard um and I like I went to college and like the first week somebody was like oh hey Madeline and I was like you know my name and they were like <laughs> yeah we just met like two hours ago <laughs> you told no, me your name there's, there's no two others of you walking next to you so it's kind of easy to yeah. pick you out <laughs> yeah yeah that must have been liberating right? it was great yeah um, yeah, because growing up, you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're, you're the just same like age. stuck with your sister. You're in school. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're doing the same stuff pretty much. And we tried so hard to try and differentiate ourselves. Like, I wore, you know, hideous attempts at, at self-expression. Um, and it still didn't work. And people were like, oh, yeah, I don't know who you are. Um, and right. I was like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. You had like the purple mohawk. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I just still yeah, can't. Yeah, I just can't. Nope, can't Sorry. do it. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> So, it, well, do you think, I, I don't I don't know how to express it, but did it create a sort of desire for you, do you think, like, latently to be expressive or to be individualistic in a way? Because, I mean, well, I guess artwork isn't really about that necessarily, but you are. It's it's about your voice, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think there's any lineage there of, like, wanting to, to branch out and sort of, you know have your voice be kind of like singular yeah I think so and I think and my sisters would say the same um my sister Audrey's a painter too and Julia is a um interior designer um so it's all these sort of yeah creative expression um yeah and I think communication like back to communication it's so important for me to try and express myself and communicate in a way that's different and uniquely me or something yeah but it's funny you're all creative and doing visual things yeah <laughs> you know it's in the genetics like were yeah. your parents did they do anything creative or were um, they just farming well actually so we we had um uh other uh, like farmers were farming the land uh, we just had the horses um my mom is a was a, a painter too, um, a regional oh, okay. like regional landscape painter, and my dad's an aerospace engineer. Um, so it, he was also cre- you know creative in a different way. Right. Um, yeah, engineers have to be, you know, they have to yeah. use ingenuity and creative skills to come up with solutions to things and be inventive. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, mix that with a painter, and you got. <laughs> intelligent creativity <laughs> um yeah. but no i mean uh, it was your 
if your mom was she painting around the house she sort of had like a little studio or workplace where she was making paintings yeah she had a studio um i mean that's always good to see as a kid yeah and you're like oh you can do this yeah know? and it's like i i loved sitting around and smelling all of the fumes um oh, and they yeah. still it's remind me of home <laughs> um, right and you know when we had art books around the house and um, and I remember as a kid being like, oh my God, Leonardo da Vinci is my favorite and nobody else knows about him. <laughs> <laughs> were you into, was like you know, Mona Lisa or were you into those sketchbooks? I think those this, sketches the drawings, amazing. yeah. Oh man, those yeah. are great. And then Mike, we, yeah, we had like a little box set of Leonardo da Vinci and Mar- Michelangelo and I was like, oh, Michelangelo's the best. Just those big muscly people. Uh, yeah. yeah. As a kid that appealed to me. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So you were always drawing? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, my sisters and I, we draw like as play, sort of recreationally. Right. Like, um, you know, one would draw like a little landscape and the other person would draw uh, lions navigating it or climbing on all over it and stuff. So yeah, it was yeah. like playful, very playful. That's cool. And yeah. then this is going <laughs> to, I imagine like out in the country triplets for some reason the music in the house i just imagine like the boswell sisters <laughs> but that's probably not the case it was probably something like jazz or what did well, you guys, did you listen to a lot growing up yeah um it's funny i think it was like it was like tchaikovsky like classical but then also bgs oh nice yeah. good mix yeah well the disco classical works yeah you know, it's i like think so it's <laughs> beethoven's Saturday it's all the same fevers. kind of music. yeah yeah. same formulas <laughs> but it was like there was music in the house yeah growing up. yeah so you're still are you still a fan of music did it give you the you know yeah the lifelong love of music yeah i um yeah i listened to a lot of well i used to listen to a lot of music i honestly the pandemic once the pandemic hit i stopped listening to a lot of music i don't know why um but i used to listen to a lot did of music you? in the studio and now i just do audiobooks okay um, so you you didn't transition to silence. You just going for like information, basically. Yeah, yeah, something that's a little bit more like less feeling, more distraction, or something. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I you know after nine eleven, I used to always listen to music in the studio before nine eleven. When nine eleven happened, I went on like a like probably a three or four year bender of like news all the time. Like I was just like listening to news and I had the news on. And was listening to, you know, this is pre-podcast or anything like that. But it was just like I wanted information. Like I was so, you know, out of the loop Mm -hmm. while I was in school. And when I first moved to New York, I wasn't paying attention to anything. And then all of a sudden, like this, you know, crazy event happened. And I just didn't listen to music as much for years, you know. And then I got back into it after a while. I was like, this isn't sustainable to be listening to this marching band of like negative <laughs> news and information it's very depressing so yeah, yeah you know go back into music from there mm-hmm. well, but I you're ha- on yeah. that kick now you're in the audiobook podcast yeah and i was listening to a lot of podcasts until they all started scrambling and, and i try and tell somebody like oh i listened to that podcast and then i couldn't remember what it you know what it was saying but like oh yeah an audiobook i can it's like long enough that i can like sink into it right um, and so, so do you when you, let's say you get a really good like you're really looking forward to this audiobook do you just binge it like nothing else 
yeah. just so you can stay in that story? Yeah. Or will you watch like Netflix at night or do other stuff? Or is it pretty oh. much the book? In the studio, it's just the book. And then yeah. at home, it's it's whatever else I, I'm thinking about. Um, but yeah, and, and sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I can't wait to go to the studio because I have to find out what happens to so-and-so. Um, right. Which is nice. But... Do you... Um, do you... Does it affect the vibe of what you're... Because some people, you know, if they are listening to something really dark or like a murder mystery, they f- it, it kind of bleeds into the vibe of the studio. Are you able to segregate that? Or do you, you know, does mm. do you have to have stuff that resonates with the vibe of what you're working on? I think sometimes it, yeah, sometimes it definitely bleeds in. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't. Like the, the show I did last, um, or just recently... I was listening to Middlemarch and Proust and I was just like, these don't really relate to what I'm painting about, but, um, and, but in some ways they, I don't know, in some ways they did. Um, yeah. But yeah, who knows how, to, who knows how to link those two? <laughs> um, I'm actually, I, was, I listened way. to like Everything a David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to David Lynch document or, um, biography. And I think that was, that resonated more with the paintings. Oh yeah, I I don't know if you if this ages me, but uh did have you watched Twin Peaks? I watched it a long time ago. And I yeah, like the pilot sticks it with me so vividly, and I can't remember what happens afterwards. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so like, good. Yeah, it's really I mean, it's been yeah. ages since I've watched it, but I remember watching it like when it was out. Yeah. And uh it was just so the the vibe of it was so quirky. Mm-hmm. But there was this like Northwest kind of like woodsy, you know, Lynchian strangeness to it that was just really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's not sci-fi, but it feels in that vein. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, um, yeah, such a vi- such vivid world building. I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he had the whole. Yeah, and it's very. It's kind of like I can imagine in your paintings. It's like there's a a separate dialogue between the images and the feel of it. It's like its own world in a way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like what And David Lynch is a painter too. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Like he's like crafting this insular kind of, you know, parallel world where everything's just a little weird and, you know, and it kind of resonates with like real life in a way, but it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a genius. Yeah. That's what I, um, <laughs> that's what I learned from his biography. <laughs> Um, but yeah he was um what what i found interesting was he was really he was influenced by um oh i can't remember the director but the guy who did a place in the sun um with uh vivian lee and uh what's his name no no sorry not vivian lee elizabeth Oh my gosh, I can't remember I'm anybody. It up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elizabeth with Taylor I'm with and Montgomery Clift. Clift. Franz Waxman. Yeah. Um, and, I haven't seen it. And that is it good. It was, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, the <laughs> it is what it is. The um the landscape, like it was filmed in Lake Tahoe, and the landscape is really amazing. Um, but the yeah. s- the story itself is like blah. Um. But it, that was based on um, 
a novel that was based on a murder that happened in the Adirondacks near my near where my cabin is. Oh, um, I see. So when I when I learned that, read this in the biography, I was like, oh my gosh! Like the connections are so amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, and I've been kind of obsessed with that murder for a, a long time. Not that I'm not into true crime, but I am into that one. Um, yeah. Well, just because of it its seems... proximity to to my own you know, to the place where I grew up. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. It was close to home. Um, well, so when you, when you went to college undergrad, Mm -hmm. did you, was the idea of doing artwork or was that just something that you liked to do, but you were just going to school as a regular major at first? I, yeah, I went to school for art. Um, my, all my sisters and I went to state schools and, I I remember touring and seeing that they were doing um, uh, really or like grisaille portraits, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting. I would like to. I would like to paint like that." Um, Yeah, so I went to Plattsburgh, and but I ended up discovering plein air painting there um, and falling in love with it. was it a class like plein air painting? No, actually, it was a um, it was a study abroad program in Ireland. So we did like oh, a nice. month in the summer and like painted all day, and you know went to the pub and listened to to like ad ad hoc live music every night. And I was like, this is the best life ever. Nice. And um, and so, but so then once I got back from that, I I told my professor I wanted to do plein air painting, and he would. And it was advanced painting, and he would let me just take my bike out and go paint during class. And I'd bike out to the lake or um, something and then come back with a painting. Um, and I just love that. Uh, yeah, it was a gr- I had a great time in undergrad. Um, well, it sounds like you got that good foundation of painting and then observing from life, which is... Mm-hmm. Probably something you're, st- I mean, you're still, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're still taking images from where you're like looking, like yeah. when you were up there during COVID, you were, you know, painting the landscape. Um, when you, did you go to grad school right away or was there time in between? I took a year off um, and I worked at a winery and, and then I, yeah, I, I don't remember why I decided to go to grad school. I guess, besi- I mean, besides like, it was something that I'd always planned on doing. Um, and I went to Boston University. And then I was also, I was also painting outside there. But at, at a certain point, kind of hit a wall. Um, mm-hmm. And then started doing studio paintings, or like more studio paintings. Um, did you, well, how did you sort of get into the area of, I mean, was it, because it seems like a lot of your work is not only connected to this sort of like a little bit of a sci-fi kind of like, you know, parallel world, but also about like climate issues and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. or like a discomfort with the the sitting of the landscape and how things are in a way. When did you kind of start to navigate towards that kind of like conceptual side of the landscape in the work? I think it was always there. I mean... I th- my my parents are environmentalists and and or like and my grandfather's environmentalist and was always t- we he was in Minnesota and he was always taking us around and being like I'm trying to bring back the bluegrass 
um, in this little portion of the field and like um, and it was so strange like driving from driving to his house and um, and it was all of this like sort of parkland that he'd been trying to rehabilitate but then it was like surrounded by all of these ho horrible fields of or like a um, like a lagoon for water waste treatment and stuff and so there was always this disconnect between what I loved about nature and, and like what wasn't there um, right and then in yeah in college I was always, I was taking classes about or like um, global politics and the environment or ecology of wildland fires or like it was always an interest of mine um, and it yeah it started um, I was always trying to figure out how to put it into my paintings in a way that felt, felt authentic um, and I think the avenue I eventually landed on is a sort of um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that I sort of well, landed, yeah, was like um, more of like how I felt about how it was. Instead of trying to con convey like what was going on, it was more like how I felt about what was going on. Right. Um, like Bill McKibben well, said in two thousand three, he was like, "Where are all the paintings about what's go about how we feel about what's going on?" Um, right. Like, where's all the where's all the literature? And like, thankfully now finally you know 20 years or at least 15 years later um people were really talking about it and you know and it, back to music like wise blood's album titanic rising was such a like climate change album for me and i was like oh my gosh we're finally talking about what like how we feel about this yeah yeah, yeah there was definitely some suppression there for a while i feel like and, and um i see it with you know my kids generation like mm -hmm. kids in high school now they're much more like f conscious and vocal about you know how they feel kind of ripped off by what they were given with the state of things you know yeah what I mean? so yeah hopefully younger people are much more vigilant and vocal mm -hmm. about that sort of thing um but yeah just so we'll when you're at BU you were at Boston University yeah, right? yeah. for for grad school mm -hmm. I mean was the faculty there like, how did that work? Like, did you feel pushed by the faculty? And what was your work looking like at that point in school? Um, yeah, no, I I had a good time at BU. I think I started out with more sort of expressive landscapes. Um, and we would we had trips to Maine. Um, so we would, and I would sort of do planner stuff there and kind of take it back and trying to figure out what to do with it. I think eventually, maybe my f second my my first semester of my second year I was doing sort of geometric abstraction as landscape and then I hit another wall and I was like I just can't I don't know how to um and I sort of did something completely different and started with line work and like going back to etchings um and so I started to do paintings that were more like line based um and an accumulation of of small marks um, and I didn't really start doing what I'm doing now until 27 yeah 2017 which was two years after grad school um, but yeah I think that they 
the conversations were there around landscape and and around climate change and like how to how to talk about it I think it just it it took a long time for me to figure out um yeah the visual language around it for myself yeah well one thing that's so dynamic about the work and so kind of like to me interesting and original is like the palette of everything Mm -hmm. it's this it's hard to describe but it seems very you know you (laughs) how did you (laughs) get to uh, you know i because i mean i grew up doing plein air painting that's how i kind of learned how to paint when Mm -hmm. i was young you know just going out and painting trees and golf courses or anything we could go anywhere we could go set up a little easel and and paint and there's a real usually when you're learning in that sense and looking you're really trying to capture and understand color that it's the phenomenon of what you're looking at and clearly in your work you've invented you know a a sort of saturated kind of like high key dynamic that really pushes the drama for me like Mm -hmm. of you know of what it could be an idyllic you know bucolic peaceful painting but because you're tweaking the forms that's part of it but for me more so it's that color it's that you know the tension that that creates the heat and the cool and the temperature becomes like aggressive in it in Mm -hmm. a way and I don't know if you came to that conceptually or if it was organic through a process of like tweaking the color to just try to heighten you know certain aspects of the tension of the work but it'd be interesting to get your I mean I've been wanting to talk to you about the color in your paintings since I've looked at them <laughs> yeah well the the color um well, yeah I think it, conceptually it's like um heat temperature or like as if color could translate translate heat um or cool um but also yeah i love the drama of i love that how much color can convey drama and the sort of theatrical nature of it like we and i spent a lot of time as a kid we went to a lot of um theater productions and you know how you know using color to light certain moods and such 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 and such um and I also, like when I was a kid, spent a lot of time on the computer. Um, and this was like in middle school, there was a site called Neopets. And we w- I would spend, and you could, you could make your own websites. And so I remember like drawing on MS Paint and like if you could get a really good gradient, you're like, oh yeah, I've really done it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the best, um, MS painter ever and so yeah so there was a lot of like I think I think the computer world of that time has like really solidified some color stuff for me like it was all pretty moody yeah and luscious and and like colors didn't look the same on in the world as they did on the computer like it's a different brighter thing and so I think I've tried to make the paintings, I mean, what's important for me in the paintings is like an inner glow, as if they're kind of a computer screen. Um, and the and the show that I just did in, in Belgium was lit, kind of low lit, so that the paintings um, gl- glistened like little jewels. 
<laughs> but you know, so I think that the I think that's something I think about is like how to how to make the paintings glow. Yeah, it's it's so funny because you know, in looking at the work, it in in hearing you talk, like if someone just heard you speak and never saw your paintings about how you came up in this plein air painting and being around in nature and you know, you would think that they were these sort of like, you know, Thomas Cole or like, you know, like <laughs> the Hudson River, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and they they do feel although they're so um, interested in the landscape around us in a natural environment but that color and that tweaking of forms does sort of feel like a, a slight technological push into the work in some way but that's a really interesting thing I didn't really necessarily think of that but it makes perfect sense that it's kind of like this you know this luminous color of like you know LEDs or like pixels that from behind but I mean I teach digital painting and that's the one thing that I try to get across very early on in the class is like you know you're dealing with color that's that's sort of like lit from behind Mm -hmm. so like when you mix everything it's white not brown you know like when you're painting analog and you just mix everything it's you know opaque and brown but it's that's a whole different system of color and light Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with like screens yeah. And they do have that kind of, you know, that glow of maybe a light from within as opposed to that, you know, Hudson River, like backlit, you know, sunset, that kind of glow, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, do you use a computer at all in your work? Are you like tweaking things in Photoshop or drawing out on Illustrator or anything? I mean, sometimes when I, it does take a long time for the, the, the forms of the paintings are pretty much solidified when I start um, with some minor tweaks but the but the color is the thing that's the hardest to resolve and so yeah. you know I'll start a painting and then I'll take a picture throw it into Photoshop manipulate all the colors um, to see what works try that again if it doesn't look quite like what I was expecting try again try again um, so it takes a long time for this the um, the character of the color to develop. Um, and sometimes a painting will start like green and then it ends up being purple. Right. Um, but she's so much faster on Photoshop than like oh my just gosh. painting different colors. So much faster. <laughs> I remember that's when I first started using a computer because like when I was in grad school, there was a computer lab. No one had personal computers in their space mm-hmm. yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just wasn't there yet. And, uh, you know, it, when I wanted to change the background of a color of a painting, I just had to paint it and be like, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> then I'd have to do another like six foot scrub of a background. You know what yeah, I mean? It would yeah. take a long time. And then I, I finally, I took a photo, brought it to the lab and changed it in Photoshop. I was like, oh my God, and I could see it in like two seconds and not have to spend all that paint. It was like a monumental, you know, technological ability, yeah. you know, that now yeah. it's funny because, you know everything you could draw it out and manipulate everything first but uh yeah that's how i started using the computer with the work mm-hmm. yeah but, it's um, so much easy like i can't imagine what it was like before or i don't know how i could resolve the paintings as quickly they'd take twice as long um, yeah if if not longer if right? not longer yeah <laughs> I mean, because, you know. yeah because yeah. and i'm painting um like wet on i don't paint wet into wet it's like each layer is like dry um, so I have to wait for everything right. to dry. So I have to work on like a bunch of paintings at a time. Um, Are they all oil? Yeah, all oil. That's so interesting too, because 
you know, well, I don't know how you feel because the color that you're pushing, it has a little bit of a sort of artificial, almost like, like, you know, screens or a technological mm-hmm. LED light to it. Um, but you're not interested in using acrylics because acrylics are man-made. They're plastic. They're, you know, you can get neon yeah. colors that you just can't get in oil. I think I just like, I just really like oil paint. <laughs> I just like how, I like that it dries slow. Fair. I like that you can manipulate it for a long time and you don't have to add anything. I like that, I like how it dries. I think I've, I've tried acrylic and it still feels plasticky to me. And I, and it, I know it just keeps on getting better and better. Um, but I just think, yeah, I'm just a sucker for oil paint. I like how it smells. I like, Yeah. It's just a good, it's a good mud. <laughs> You're romantic about oil. I know. I know. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah. I love, I mean, I yeah. teach oil painting and, you know, and that's how I learned how to paint and the butteriness of it is mm-hmm. so great. You know, there's nothing like that feeling. Yeah. Um, but like in my own work, I want the plastic. I want it to dry. Mm-hmm. I use a hair dryer. It doesn't dry fast enough. Oh my gosh. People say like, I hate that, you know, acrylic dries so quickly and I'm like, it can't dry fast. Enough. <laughs> like I have heat on that thing. I don't want to sit around waiting two days for a part to dry. So, and I use yeah. tape a lot too. Mm-hmm. So I would never be able to do it because oil paint stays wet for, you know, to where tape won't stick on it for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no chance. Yeah. I, I but, don't uh, use tape. But it is nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can, there's no point. <laughs> it's just, um, but yeah, I like I like having uh, having to wait for stuff. I'm like, okay, I've done this, and now I and now I have to wait on this painting, and then I work on something else. And I like working on a lot of things at the same time. Um, yeah, because it yeah it appeals to my um, slightly <laughs> slightly <laughs> distracted brain. <laughs> like something else something new (laughs) yeah right (laughs) well it's it's important i i was i feel like it's so important to line up your natural pace Mm -hmm. to your medium or to the way that you're painting you know right i had a friend who was like a photorealistic painter like it was so slow and beautiful and it would take him like you know months to make a painting and he hated it. It was like, I can't. he would get bored of the painting after like, you know, a quarter of the way through, but he'd have to see it out and it just became torture, you know? And uh, he tried doing acrylics or doing anybody he couldn't, it just wasn't his thing. So it was, he was always conflicted about, you know, the speed and the way he paints and that's intuitive and that's natural, but he just didn't like the weight. So mm-hmm. it's nice when you can figure out your pace with your medium, with the way you work. Yeah. But that can kind of be like hitting a jackpot I think yeah well and I like to have things like you know like I do something quote-unquote hard and then I do something easy and I'm like okay well now I get to you know I did the hard thing which is the leaves but now I get to do a gradient which is like easy and fun (laughs) yeah isn't it funny how we treat ourselves we're like yeah well I'll treat myself I earned it yeah 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 (laughs) wait I do that all the time it's like oh I exercise today I can have a giant ice cream yeah (laughs) The um, gradient is the ice cream. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's the payoff, the dessert of yeah. the painting. Um, so what if you, this is a hard question, but and probably annoying, but what do you think or who do you think your paintings sound like music-wise? Oh, that's, that is kind of a hard question. Hmm. I have the answer. Oh, okay. Well, but, here's well, mine. my answer, but. Okay, that's I think it. <laughs> I think it's like Donna Summer. Oh my! 
<laughs> what? Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. All right, all right. Let's see. Because it's like on the surface, it's like schmaltzy and bombastic and like loud and mm-hmm. rhythmic. And then as you listen deeper, it's like kind of sad and a little dark. And and like or like there's the one MacArthur Park where she's like, um, someone left the cake out in the rain. Like, I don't think that I could take it because it took so long to bake it. And like, it's just so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> but then, it, you know, you find yourself being like, oh, gosh, that's so sad. It took so long right. to bake it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's something and like maybe way. I mean, I don't really know that much about Donna Summers, so it's hard to. But like a lot of that music came out of like pain of racial injustice and like the cold war and like and it was like trying to be happy but then there's still all these like dark undercurrents yeah. that makes sense totally yeah i mean look at one of my favorites is flying the family stone and that the first record was so sort of upbeat mm-hmm. and then if you listen to that next one with like family affair on it it's so dark and it's like oh that's the core of this music yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. the first one was kind of like a party but there was still like marvin gay has that a lot too where it's like very upbeat but some of the lyrics are kind of you know you know yeah, really. there's, there's a lot of struggle going on yeah. you know yeah but yeah no i okay I, I i guess i haven't gotten deep enough into donna summer i'm not really sure that i have that either <laughs> this was just a gut, I like it. i got impulse <laughs> Yeah, my brother got me into Diana Ross, like some deep oh, disco yeah. cuts of Diana Ross, which I really love. Yeah. Because it was always the, you know, you would hear the hits of Diana Ross and be like, okay, I get it. But there's a lot there, mm-hmm. like when you dig in there. She, um, yeah, yeah, that's. Th- I was just, she has that song at the end of um, Land Before Time. And I like that oh, movie about tiny dinosaurs or like dinosaurs in the apocalypse. This was like from the oh, maybe 80s seen, or 90s. Th- late 80s maybe yeah but yeah. it's like i remember watching i watched it on a plane recently and i was just like sobbing because it's so sad and i loved that movie as a kid and i was like why was this fun this is horrible these dinosaurs yeah. are getting chased by this they're just babies and they're getting chased by this big dinosaur and it's the whole world is ending and they're just trying to find like one patch of green land it's hor- right. yeah, absolutely horrible um, depressing as depressing. hell <laughs> and then diana ross is like singing the last song anyways i um, think that was the time because i had a similar i i don't i kind of remember that movie but i don't know if i watched it or if i just remember seeing like images from it but i had a similar experience with xanadu with olivia newton john mm-hmm. do you know that one no she was a roller skating like oh my god you gotta watch it <laughs> but it's it's very <laughs> I mean, love it's, it's, Olivia it's a lot yeah. it's a lot but anyways it, it was like huge i remember being like transfixed by it and saddened and i don't know it was mm. amazing but then i think i haven't watched it in a long time but i did see it later like after because i saw it when it was really young i was like this is really depressing you know it was like mm-hmm. a total shift of what i remembered the movie to be like you know maybe yeah. as a young kid you can like you know, you can polish it off a little bit and mm-hmm. make it seem like it's not as depressing as it is. Whatever Are, that is. Or do we, did we have a higher tolerance for like very sad and dark things because we didn't know any better or something? Like I don't, as a kid I was probably like, yeah, oh, this is just a romp. Like how fun. Um, yes. And then like as life hits you, you're like, oh my God, that's just so sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a combination of when you're that young, you, I mean, you don't have the experience, any like of that life experience really to let it, to really yeah, let reverberate it in you, yeah. you know, to yeah. where it's like, it's soul crushing. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't been, that's like, you know, in having kids, you realize it's all about like fun, fun, fun. And then as they get bigger, like the world just comes down and the weight of things just start to like, you know, yeah. slowly Aww. get heavier and heavier. <laughs> That's the balance of life. Yeah. You oh know, gosh. but you can't have the whole population running around like three-year-olds just having <laughs> fun for the rest of life. <laughs> that wouldn't be tenable. <laughs> yeah. We'd be gone. So it's, yeah. it seems very depressing, but it's, it's actually kind of like, you know, the way it's got to be to an extent. You know? Right. Right. So do you want to hear my music thing? Oh yeah. Of what I thought. Yeah. So totally different vibe. And I don't know if you know, but do you remember, uh, uh, boards of Canada? No. I okay. don't know what the other Can I share it with you yeah. after the podcast? Yeah, definitely. There's a EP called Beautiful Place in the Country and it's so it's kind of a little sci-fi, it's landscapey in the feel of it. It's otherworldly and it's a little computery or techy, but it's but it's still organic. Mm-hmm. And uh it I feel like it gave me those vibes. I do see a little bit in your work. I think, oh, maybe you might be into graphic novels a little bit because there's some graphic novels that have a really cool kind of like, well, anyways, I know. Mm. Do you like graphic novels? I, I don't, I have not read a lot of graphic novels. I think, yeah, when I was younger, I like really liked, um, some of that stuff, but I can't remember. I think I, I just, just like the big ones. Like I remember Watchmen. Was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember anything else. But but I, you know, grew up on the age of the internet where it was like DeviantArt and like everyone mm-hmm. was drawing anime. And um, so I, th- I think there's some, some of that stuff is still kicking around in my paintings. Yeah. 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 Um, there's one that I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'll oh, show yeah. you a, a link to it that I think you might dig. It's mm-hmm. a pretty interesting visually and mm-hmm. then also conceptually like the idea behind it is kind of un- interesting and anyways but yeah, yeah um uh, i'm a big fan of the work so do you are you what are you working on now do you have something coming up or uh i am working on st- starting new paintings for a show in june at huxley parlor uh solo show nice um, mm-hmm. yeah you've if i'm not well sorry I can't recall your CV exactly, <laughs> you know, but it seems like you've had a lot of shows outside of New York. Like you've done yeah. a lot of showing internationally, which is cool. Yeah. Um, have you gotten to travel or was this during times of no travel? I, I have gotten to travel. And yeah, so for the um, show at New Child in Antwerp, I stayed for, I stayed around for a month because I was going to Wales for Christmas um, nice. with my wife and uh yeah, so I just stayed around. I went to Berlin, I went to Paris and London, and I was like, gosh, this is so nice. I can just, right. yeah, hang out. Have you, and you went to Ireland too, right? You were in or Ireland? I was in Wales, yeah. Okay. Um, nice. Oh, I went to Ireland. Oh, I went to Ireland for back, for back, at, back in the day. Yeah. Right, but you've, that, that landscape is in your mind oh, yeah. as far as like yeah. the visual landscape. Have you been to Germany? Are you, are you not German? Because I think your name is German, isn't it? It's actually Polish, but uh-huh. we're mostly Norwegian. Um, yeah, but I I went to I went to Berlin um, 
this year. And that, it was like the only snow I've seen this year was in Germany. And I was like, oh gosh, yeah, start of winter and now it's no snow. Um, but yeah, I haven't, like when I, I moved to New York after grad school and I just didn't travel at all or I barely traveled. I think I went yeah. to Alaska. Well, I know I went to Alaska. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I went, I got on a plane. Yeah. They told me I it was think Alaska. it was Alaska. <laughs> um, but, but I really didn't travel a lot because, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and I was working a lot. And um, so now I yeah. finally get to travel and it's so exciting. Um, Isn't it great? To actually see different it's landscapes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and have I, you, yeah. uh, have you been to Iceland? No. Um, I haven't either, but I feel like the landscape you would probably, I've seen images. It seems, and there's residencies there. It just yeah. Yeah. And it's like bleak and mysterious and yeah. Um, otherworldly, but beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it, the images are just stunning. Yeah. And actually my, the, the paintings I'm working on now are about Welsh trees, uh, because I was in Wales and they, um, a bunch of like 800 year old oaks and all these things. And they just look like, they do look like big aliens. And you're like, you've lived a really, really long time. Um, and it, yeah, it feels kind of weird and kind of crazy to, to be with, um, those trees. And I mean, they don't care about me or I don't know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) hard to say. Those trees can't be bothered. They can't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) They're busy. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how many old trees have actually been, um, like, saved in Wales versus the UK or even, you know, or the East Coast um, here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've been camping in the Redwoods out in California, mm-hmm. and those trees were pretty impressive. I mean, pretty just the age. But the most impressive um has been in japan there's like there's these places in japan called power spots Mm -hmm. and they're areas of nature and there's this one that i was at that was this tree it's like a camphor tree i think it's called but it was just old as shit like this thing was you could just tell this this tree was like a senior citizen i mean it was like (laughs) around for like hundreds and hundreds of years Mm -hmm. and you walk around it i think it was like 10 or no every lap you do around the tree there's like this walk pathway around it it's it's so beautiful and every lap you do supposedly adds a year to your life so i spent a while there just walking around wow (laughs) yeah oh my gosh but it was unbelievable like you i don't i don't know if it's psychological but you could feel something you know what i mean yeah, you just felt yeah. the age of this thing it was like there was some sort of magic going on there mm-hmm. and you just hope that that's that what you're feeling is real and it probably you know well it is it is real if yeah, you feel it's it real if even you feel if it, it comes from it's like what looking at a painting yeah if you're really moved by it or a movie it's a real feeling mm-hmm. whether it's you know whether it's a construct of your mind or not. You know yeah. I mean? Anxiety is yeah. real. That's a construct <laughs> of your mind. That's you true. Yeah, it can yeah. really f- mess you up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I think totally. that's the argument for art or mm-hmm. creativity or simulacra. It can't, it's not all bad. You know what I mean? It yeah. can be really, um, it can really be insightful to how we live as people and the way we interact. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's essential. It's what makes us people too. Yeah. You know? Yeah those feelings derived from not just like running from a bear and not getting eaten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like poetry. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, anything that gives you those uh, like chills down your spine in a good way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Outside of the being chased by a bear, yeah, that can that's give me chills in a, too. in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll take the poetic <laughs> version of that. <laughs> um, so, what's the best way for people to check out your work? You do Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Um, New Child's website. I have a website. Yeah, that's that's where I am. Sounds good. Um, love the work. Thank a big you. fan of it. Yeah. And uh, it was great to meet. Thanks for doing this. Great to meet you too. Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by Brian Alfred. You can find him on Instagram at Alfred Studio and follow the podcast at Sound and Vision Podcast. Many thanks to Golden Artist Colors and Fulcrum Coffee. Check out the podcast book called Why I Make Art Wherever You Get Books. Thanks for listening, rating, and reviewing the podcast and spreading the word about Sound and Vision. You really are the best. <laughs>